Well, the last question really is how we met, how we fell in love. You deliver the main plot. Yeah, I'll interject. So we're going to fast forward to 2010. Can we rewind? Well, assuming the start of the story is like most children, we were born. Born, yes. Okay. Yes. In unison. Like Like most most children, children, we we were were born. born. 24 years later. So it's 2009. I was helping this girl with a play and helping basically be a technical director for it. Everything's going great. Um, At this point, you had been in Lincoln for college yep yeah you yeah. Had, you had just gotten out of a dating relationship yeah you were living at home just kind of real- i was trying to financially get back on my feet because i had ruined my life <laughs> <laughs> which is its own story i was going to try to no 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 we abstract just, that no bit, but... we've i've the people okay. know about me gotcha okay they need to the less about me honestly gotcha. there were some oversharing moments i'm sure <laughs> all right and then i need to know more about you gotcha <laughs> So Dallas is at home trying to find a new direction for things. Um, I am <clears throat> wrapping up college and all the adventures therein. Really good friend of mine that I've known for 20 some years was working at a coffee shop here in Omaha. He was friends with some people in Lincoln that Dallas had known when she was down in Lincoln for college. So we kind of had overlapping friend groups. And I geographical context here. I went to school in Lincoln. It's an hour away from Omaha. He went to school in Omaha, so that's where he is. But me. I grew up yes. in Omaha. Yeah. And then I, I went to school in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Then when everything happened, I moved back to Omaha, yep. which was an hour away. And so my friend, his name's Ray, he worked at a coffee shop. Dallas was looking for a job here in Omaha, having just moved back. And so he was like, hey, you should come work at the coffee shop with me. And so Dallas got the job there. And I think you were only there for like... (laughs) Mm, It was an embarrassingly short amount of time. It was like less than a month. But in the course Because I came from the world of artisan craft coffee, where I had literally just gotten off the boat from Honduras... Yeah. At the source of coffee, you'd, working for you'd gone a, to a highly bunch of professional, farms. yeah, like a highly professional environment that was, it was like akin to being a wine sommelier, but for coffee. Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm coming from. But then I'm coming to Omaha, which has at this point literally not much good craft coffee. At that point, I think there was like one place that was good, yeah. but this this was like yeah, a yeah. franchise. It's one of the slightly better franchise coffee chains, but well, it's, it's, it's a scooters. Local. Most yeah. people in the Midwest will know scooters. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, coffee. This but was far this cry. is drive-through McDonald's <laughs> style it's, it's a compared above McDonald's. To, whatever the case. Whatever it is. Yep. Th- that's what it was. I was kind of like forced into doing the whole like pick up orders on the drive-through, get them done in a snap. Don't spend any time on it. Really, don't really. Not a good fit for your more craftsman yeah. approach. Yep. Nope. Not that. So but it was fine. In the course of you we being there. We did get there, something good out of it. Yes, because in the course <laughs> of her being there, my friend was like, hey, you should come meet this girl that I recently was able to help get a job. She's a friend of mine from having known in uh, Lincoln. So I was like, okay, yeah. And so I went up there, and that was the first time I ever actually met Dallas. But I don't yeah, remember. I don't remember that. So, yeah, at all. you d- you don't remember at all, and I I barely remember. You were in the middle of working, and it was kind of a like, oh hi, hey, just like yeah, we both exist, sort of a thing. <laughs> it was a fairly passing meet, but then a couple weeks later, 
my friend did a movie night at his house and he invited a bunch of friends who happened to be you and me. And so we ended up at his house and the movie night, it was watching Secondhand Lions, <laughs> which it was funny because the, the movie was played in his basement and Dallas and I ended up sitting beside each other on the couch. Secondhand Lions, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie, but I, I like the movie. There's some really good themes to it and it it speaks a lot to like what is it to be a man sort of a thing. Oh. You, on the other hand. Oh. Like, yeah. there's. See, I don't even remember that part of it. I was so feminist that it was probably just probably. continually you were bashing making, but it to you, pieces. You were making fun of them. Because it's a little bit campy in some spots. But yes, it's there very much like. funny a, sound effects that happened. I don't know. Something weird. Whatever the case, like, you, <laughs> yes, you thought it was hilarious. Are you watching this thing right now? This is hilarious. Yeah, and I'm like, um, I like this movie. But somehow, even somehow. With, with her playing the peanut gallery beside me, I still remember being like looking over and being like, huh, she's kind of cute. Wow. And so we had a chance to talk a little bit that night. But then shortly after that, you started going to the Bible study that my parents were running. So my parents had a, a college-level Bible study that they were doing. Some of my friends, some of my friends' siblings, some family friends, like my parents were hosting a Bible study for, I think it was about eight or ten college-age adults that were going to this study. And you started going. Ray Ray had been going to some of them, and so he invited you along. You started joining that. Gave my mom a chance to get to know you. Mm-hmm. At this point, I realized what it's like for homeschooled kids to be in a big group of public schooled kids. You feel like a total outsider and you don't know what's going on. Yes. I kind of felt that way breaking into your friend group because all of your friends were homeschooled. A good portion of them, yeah. And I was like the only public schooler and it was such an interesting time. And so in all this, my mom had a chance to get to know her. Um, you guys started going to the gym together like once a week. And mm-hmm. so in the middle of all of this, I'm taking a college class that has a class that night. So I pretty much never ended up with the group. Mm-hmm. So I saw you in passing a couple of times. But you still lived at their house. Yes. That's so, why we would see each other when you came home from class. Yep. And it was usually just in passing. Yeah, I, I lived at home during college just to help save on rent. And... <clears throat> so I was able to see you occasionally there, but my mom was being able to get you, get to know you better. And she mentioned to me, she was like, Hey, you know, there's this really nice young lady that started coming to our Bible study. You might want to actually spend some time talking to weirdly enough at the same time that all of this is starting to happen, where you're starting to become more a part of my life for reasons that I still do not understand this other friendship with this other girl I was interested in catastrophically and spectacularly spun to pieces. Literally to this day, I have no idea what happened, but there was some weirdly comical series of events that like burned the bridge to complete ash, like nothing left. And so as that whole thing fell apart and the friendship dissolved, it was like this, hmm, this door is obviously closing. And then there's this other person here in my life. And then it was in February of 2010, you 
came to stay with us for a few days mm-hmm. because you were just having some friction at home and just wanted to get away for a few days just right. to have some space. To remind the listeners, I had been trying to get back on my feet financially, so I had moved in with my mom and my stepdad at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was living in their basement, and yeah, there was some friction, and I just needed to get away for a little retreat and to just kind of clear my head. And so my friend Yvonne, who's my mother-in-law now, yeah, my mom, offered their spare bedroom for me to come and stay. Mm-hmm. Which happened to be over your birthday. Oh, that's right. And so at the point that Dallas had come to stay with my family, I had gotten to a point of at least moderate curiosity about <laughs> her. I was like... Okay. I am moderately curious about this woman. <laughs> I find you moderately curious. <laughs> and so when she stayed with us, it gave me or gave us at least one evening where we talked for like three hours or something. We had had a yeah, series yeah. of chances to be able to spend some extended time talking mm-hmm. and getting to know each other. And I knew very clearly that she was not homeschooled, that she had made some decisions that gave me some pause, honestly. I will readily admit that mostly due to my own doing, I lived a fairly sheltered growing up <laughs> and was I, I was a very cautious child. And so I never wanted to put myself in a position that could be risky for anything. So I did not find myself in social situations that stretched me. And so getting to know somebody who had been in a lot of situations that I would have just like run away from and made decisions that were like, oh, that, that, that was not a good choice. I mean, she had been in other dating relationships. And so, yes. Meanwhile, I'm over here having no reservations (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah. And so to my detriment. Yeah. So there was that, there was that consideration, but as I'm getting to know Dallas, there was still this level of like, you're really interesting and you're cool and i think i actually like you even though like i i I had and you laugh at me about this but i had a list of like qualities i was looking for like i do i I had this i'm not laughing it was cute yeah you didn't fit a lot of those things (laughs) and yet for some reason i just still had this sense of like there's something to this and i don't really know why but i just i felt like I should get to know you more. And I decided to make her, because at that point she was working on a coloring book for one of her freelance clients. And so I made her a light box, which is basically a box with kind of an opaque top on it and a pair of light bulbs underneath that you put your drawing and then a piece of tracing paper over the drawing. The light shines through it and allows you to trace what's underneath onto the paper on top. Because you were doing it by holding the paper up to the window and mm-hmm. using the sunlight. And so I grabbed a bunch of scraps of wood out of the basement and I built a light box and I gave it to her as a birthday gift to this girl that I like barely knew. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here's a light box. Happy birthday. Bold move. Yes. That was a bold move for you. So mm. it melted my heart. <laughs> and not because the temperature of the light box is hot. Yes. It melted my heart. <laughs> You kind of realize that, oh, he kind of does like me. It just seemed meaningful, Mm -hmm. and it was very nice. 
you wrote me a nice thank you note that had a picture of an octopus on it. <laughs> we kept having chances to interact yeah. and hang out. And I once I'd given her the light box and we had had those, that couple of really extended conversations about life and such, I was like, okay, yeah, I I like you. Late March, early April, something like that, I did actually ask you out. Mm-hmm. I turned him down. Yes, she's, well, she said not right now. Well, I said not right now. Yeah, we, we went. But I for- did not say that it's off the table. And primarily because you had gotten out of a relationship mm-hmm. relatively shortly before that and it yeah, was, was not still a trying great to figure a lot of things out yeah it was not a very good relationship and you no. were trying to deal with a lot of stuff and so yeah but it was funny driving back i wasn't sad about it It was just kind of it was this overwhelming sense of like i don't feel like i'm supposed to go anywhere like i'm, I'm not supposed to just call it done or pursue as somebody else or just I, I just need to kind of be for month month and a half later i was helping you move because you're moving out of your parents to an apartment randomly in the middle of moving you turned to me or like i think i'm ready to start dating now as you do yes super romantic thanks for moving that box for me i'm ready to date now (laughs) caught me somewhat by surprise but it was like yeah the look on your face was priceless (laughs) yeah and that october october 10th we got engaged i made her wedding ring yeah, he made like, my wedding ring. Literally bought a bar of palladium and the fittings and the stones and like welded the metal together and set the stones and sanded it and polished it and like made the ring. He forged this from, from the earth. Yes. From and the earth. It Yeah. It's not my finest handiwork. Nope. But it's held up surprisingly well. Kind I thought, of like marriage. Yeah. It's not our finest handiwork. No, but it's rugged. But it's rugged. <laughs> the funny thing about that, uh, my wedding ring is a, a piece of 316 stainless steel. I, I made like I made my medical wedding grade. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's cert, well, it's a marine grade stainless steel. So oh. it's, it's actually the toughest stainless steel. It's like saltwater, corrosive resistant and everything Ooh. like it. It's dude. But and it's funny because it's not a very fine rings. Yes. It's not a very finely made ring. It's pretty rough in some spots. But I keep it because I feel like it is a really good reminder of what marriage is. It's not always pretty. It's not always like shiny. beautiful and shiny and perfect and amazing and thrilling and all that. But particularly to our marriage, like it's gonna stand up to whatever life throws at it corrosion and rust and heat and impact and like scratches and dents and it's gonna hold up to it and it's still gonna be there year after year after year and sure looking at it no one's gonna think that we have like the ideal marriage like we certainly don't have a model marriage by any stretch of the imagination but what we have is a marriage that's gonna stick we have the lord yes he is very present Mm mm-hmm yeah, so, so we got that. engaged in yeah. October. We were married the following March. So we basically were dating for, what, about 10 months or so by the time we got married? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was pretty short then. Yeah. Okay. But we were also going into dating. We were going into it being very purposeful. Like, we went into it with both of us understanding that this is to decide whether or not we're going to get married. Yeah. And so it is literally just mm-hmm. we need to have chances to talk and to spend time together and to decide, hey, is this a commitment 
that we want to make. And I also really needed to know if you were going to be good at massaging my shoulders. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> Back massages have been like a critical part of our entire relationship. Well, I mean, the listeners know that I get tension headaches and mm-hmm. migraines or whatever they are. Neurologically challenging mm-hmm. things going on. All right. So Ashton, I hope that answered your question. Mm-hmm. Oh, and testimony. That was the other thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super short thumbnail version. Okay. I was raised in a Christian family. I was exposed to it from very young. I initially accepted Christ into my life when I was like seven-ish or so. And then around 14, I think it was, um, I, for lack of a better putting it, made it my own. It was kind of a, a secondary declaration of faith where like, I, I embraced it at a heart level that, yes, Christ has died for my sins. He has paid the atonement. He is the way to eternal life. And this is the way that I am going to live. And from there, it's been no looking back. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yes, it, it's That's preferable. Really great. That is preferable, but you're still a wretch. <laughs> Why, thank you. You might just be less wretchier, wretch-ish. I was totally, I was raised in the church, and um, my parents were divorced when I was two. The whole, like, what is a father issue has kind of been a running theme in my life of... Mm-hmm not realizing what that relationship is supposed to be. Therefore, it colored my relationship of what God the Father actually is. And so I'm not going to blame him or uh, those circumstances on my life decisions, but I did make a lot of poor decisions. And I also became very pharisaical in the way that I thought faith in Christ was. Mm. I always thought it was a well, I'm a really good non-blasphemer. I'm a really good works righteousness doer. Oh. So therefore, I like gain salvation in that in that regard. So I was always chasing after those external things and I didn't really see the the problem that I had with my heart that my heart was not repentant. I don't know. I I probably could have been saved as a young kid. Because I do see how the Holy Spirit did, I guess, save me through so much. So I could see uh, a way where I could have been saved early on. And then the Holy Spirit was very patient, that the Lord was patient through so many things and kept pulling out of me out of the mire and the muck. Ultimately, I really understood what justification was when I had had my first son and I just started reading more theology and just wrapping my mind around the doctrines of grace and what those things meant. And it just really lit me back on fire for how good the Lord is and how patient he is and how sovereign he is and how in control he is to like a scary degree (laughs) to where I was like, whoa, God is in control of way more than I thought he was in control of. And I am in awe and I repent and I trust you. Thankfully, the Lord showed me those things early in our marriage. And so we've kind of had discussions around even that. And discussions, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fights. 
Well, <laughs> not fights. Our, our, our fighting is very low key. It's more of yeah. disagreements than anything. It's more like shouting through telepathy. Yes. Rather than outside. Yes. we. <laughs> which is something I very much appreciate about <laughs> Dallas. You appreciate and, my telepathic shouting? Yes. Okay. Well, the, the fact that neither of us are prone to like hugely emotional outbursts yeah, at not, each other. Not like, like fits of rage. I, it generally results in like me being sullenly quiet and you crying. <laughs> but at least <laughs> it doesn't result in like us yelling at each other. Sort of so I feel like even in the midst of disagreements we're able to talk through things and it's been interesting especially with you like with what you were saying about a lot of the stuff you're rediscovering as an adult during our marriage i was raised moderately charismatic somewhat assemblies of god at times my parents my mom basically grew up mostly christian and my dad was actually raised catholic and didn't become a christian until basically right before he married my mom they were both fairly young. They came into being married, going to an Assemblies of God church. And so my childhood was very much steeped in the Assemblies of God theology. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I didn't buy into it wholly. There was still a level of skepticism. But then a lot of the stuff that you started digging into was like on the other end of the spectrum, the much more... Like, yeah, Reformation theology. Yeah. The Fe actual, like, pilgrim, 1500, 1600. Stuff like that. Yeah. And so to have that ideological clash, if you will. The five solas. Yes. Of the Reformation. Yep. Which was interesting because while I do not dispute really any of that, I mean, it's all still biblically based, there have definitely been things that we have disagreed on that... Mm -hmm. We're on the same page when it comes to all the core tenets of Christianity. Yeah, first Christ, issues. Yes, Christ died to cover our sins. It is only by Christ's death that we are justified. It is by grace you are saved, not through works of yourself. Like alone, all, yeah. grace alone, yep. faith alone, Christ alone. alone. Yeah, yep. yep. All, all the core stuff we agree on, but there's a lot of like tertiary things yeah. Yeah. that was always. A point of tension because for me it's like this is just stuff that i grew up with and took as normal mm -hmm. and then dallas starts attacking it in, in a very kind sort of way like hey this is not scripturally based yada yada and so i'm having to sit here and be like okay well what do i believe then because some of this is stuff that i have believed or at least been complicit with for decades having those discussions it has been it's been tough at times, and there are certainly some things that we've just kind of agreed to disagree on. Mm -hmm. The stuff that matters, we're on the same page with. Yeah. And I would even say, like, a lot of stuff I don't necessarily hold dearly. And I know you like to think deeply about something. If mm -hmm. you're going to change your convictions on something, it's not really something you do lightly. So you've got to, like, yeah, understand. But it's been, I think it's been good to be able to work through that stuff. That's it. And so right now we're just riding the crazy train of trying to homeschool our kids and <laughs> run businesses and somewhat keep our sanity yep some of us aren't always sane <laughs> i don't think either quite, of us are quite literally sane all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people because we're was. still talking about it it's it's almost 2022 yeah and, but i mean and in we're our all case, still though. talking about 2020 yeah and you know how it changed our lives yeah 
I think for us though, between the starting the business and the stuff that you went through medically, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, so. pretty hard. But you should email me and tell me what you went through that was hard in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. Maybe like the fallout year. All right. Well, we talked about a lot. Yeah. And now we're wrapping up the conversation. I hope you could follow and that you enjoyed getting to know us more. And if people want to find you, Caleb, where should they go? And also, what do you do? We didn't even touch on what you actually what do, do, do in your life. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. What is your profession? Professionally, at the moment... I run a small manufacturing business. We deal with resins and epoxies and silicones. and So the current product lines that we run are revolving around gaming dice. So people who play like role-playing games and board games, like the six-sided dice and ten-sided dice and twenty-sided dice, we make those dice, but we also make silicone molds so that artists can make those type of dice themselves in their own studios. We also are developing some other product lines related to resin art and resin casting. We have a couple of manufacturing contracts with some other big companies to do dice for them, and there is a huge pile of opportunities that we're still chipping away at of other partnerships and projects and other things to do i've got a couple of employees i've got a couple people remote and we're just looking at trying to wrap up we ran a big kickstarter last year which is basically it's gathering funding from a lot of people up front to then make a thing and deliver it and so one of our products we ran a kickstarter for raised a whole bunch of money and so right now we're on the cusp of actually fulfilling all of those orders that we got and trying to grow and sustain the business it's and that is kingsfell dice Yes, Kingsfell. Yeah, on on Instagram, it's Kingsfell Dice. Yep, on Instagram, it's... Yeah, so Kingsfell Dice is our Instagram. Kingsfell.com is the website. There's some YouTube videos. Yeah, if you just search Kingsfell online, you'll find most of the sources where we're at. And... If you have any further questions for me, Mm -hmm. if you have something specific that you want to ask me slash us about homeschooling or maybe preparing your kids for life outside of homeschooling or maybe you've got entrepreneurship i think that's one thing caleb has really heavily researched we have like an entire library of entrepreneurship books yeah burke (laughs) yeah if you ever want to read a good book i mean anything by seth godin is really good he's had me read a couple of those and caleb's taught me a lot of just through the bestowing the brush stuff and yeah you know, figuring out all of the software things that I do. He helped me build a Squarespace website. He helped me figure out uh, Audacity. Audacity. Yep. Um, Audacity, you're, you're podcasting, Adobe your Premiere video, Pro. Your website, all yeah, that type of stuff. yeah, all that stuff. And even just other random apps that I have to use well, for. And structuring your video course for how to sell it, how to price it, how yes. to position it, how to market. I've helped yeah. you Marketing, figure out the underpinning. Yep. Which, I mean, credit yourself in this too. I taught you the underpinning principles and you ran with it like this this wasn't like some high and mighty i came down from the mountain with the golden tablets to teach you everything like you you've done a lot yourself so don't don't discredit yourself okay well i would have talked about myself as a luddite as not techie quote unquote 
But you know what I've learned is that that is just a darn excuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this day and age, you are not adverse to learning these things. It's hard. But it's only as hard as you make it. I still don't really know how to type. And I'm sure I'm going to learn some of that as my kids take typing. Mm -hmm. My first kid is taking typing right now. I'm just watching over his shoulder. I'll eventually get there. I'll do it. But yeah. Anyway, even if you can't type on a computer, you can still learn lots of things. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy. So much easier than it used to be. But yes. Okay. If you want to know how to do the... Whether it's like your kid is expressing interest in starting a business someday or maybe you and your spouse are in a position of wanting to either supplement your income through some selling of stuff. You want to start a business. You want to know how to transition out of a full-time job into being self-employed. Like if you want to know if your idea is valid and how, how you could like position your idea to be valuable to other people, Mm -hmm. that would be good. So yeah, you can reach out. What's your advice on drawing real quick. My advice on drawing Spend the time to practice to establish the muscle memory. Do that. that. All right. Well, we are out. Hope you have a good day. And I will see you next time on Bestowing the Brush. Happy drawing. Adios, and thanks for joining. This episode was brought to you by 2% Milk and Squarespace. Get your website on. (laughs) Can you beatbox out? Peace out. I love you. Hey, I'm not vain about my beer, but my genetics have caused you have a badge. Yes, I have. Says respect the beard. Yes, I don't know if that's not vain. (laughs) I am follically challenged when it comes to the top half of my head. Like, seriously, my hairline goes halfway back my head before diving back to the front of my forehead. (laughs) I'm losing hair in, like, six directions at once here. (laughs) So my only recourse for that is to grow my beard. Actually, Katie did ask you. Beard care routine. Beard care routine? Because she's very interested in curly girl. So I feel like beardy girl (laughs) is a thing, maybe. Beard. Uh, Beardy man. (laughs) Fairly straightforward. I take cold showers so it is a cold shower wash i condition it with my wife's hair conditioner like every other time to kind of help keep it moisturized i if it's during the winter i'll typically use a beard oil to help what you don't use shampoo on it oh i do i'm saying cold water okay additionally i yeah i shampoo cold cold shower to wash it every other shower or so i'll do some conditioner just to kind of help keep it moisturized during the winter months when the air is drier i'll typically use a beard oil worked down into it to kind of help keep the skin moisturized i have a styling balm that's like lanolin based balm that i will i rub it in my hands to warm it up and then i put it on basically the outer layer of hair just to kind of help tame it the texture of my hair is a little bit coarse and like wavy not quite curly but especially on the sides it tends to go a little crazy so i'll use the styling balm to help keep it a little more in shape Um, and then periodically i'll use mustache wax to kind of shape the must not like curled up like handlebar mustache but just to kind of keep it out of the corners of my mouth (laughs) i haven't fully decided on what length i want it right now it's probably Mm -hmm. about 
two to three inches long. I'm, I'm just kind of letting it go for now, and then I figure at mm -hmm. some point I'll actually go to a, a proper barber to get it shaped and everything. I'm just kind of letting it fill in right now. To get those Norse braids in there? Yes. I have Real joked quick. about wanting to, <laughs> once it gets long enough, actually do a couple of like Viking-style oh, braids with a couple of beads in it or something, just to try it. Sure. But, yeah. That'd be great. 